Hi, this is Pastor Marquez Ball of the Uplift Church in Laurel, Maryland. Listen, it is my prayer that this word is a blessing in your life. I pray that it's uplifting to your mind, uplifting to your heart, and uplifting to your spirit. Check us out online at upliftmd.com. God bless. That is why you are building the wall. And according to these reports, you wish to become their king. And you have also set up prophets to proclaim concerning you in Jerusalem. There is a king in Judah. Now the king will hear of these reports. So now come, let us take counsel together. Then I sent to him saying, no such things as you say have been done. For you are inventing them out of your own mind. For they all wanted to frighten us, thinking their hands will drop from the word and it will not be done. But now, oh God, strengthen my hands. This is the word of God for the people of God. And the word of God is already blessed. Do me a favor before you take your seats with a smile on your face, joy in your heart, excitement in your voice. It's not the type of excitement excitement that says they owe you money and they've been playing with you. That kind of excitement in your voice. That worked for y'all last time. Look at your neighbor. Say neighbor. Good morning. Good to see you. So glad you made it to church. This morning's sermon is Maintain, Maintain momentum. momentum. Again, smile on your face, joy, and your heart. Look across at your neighbor. I want you to look across at them like you haven't seen them in years, like you're missing an old friend. Hey, neighbor. Hey. Good morning. So glad you made it to church. This morning's sermon is Maintain Momentum. Maintain momentum. You may be seated in the presence of God. Will you pray with me? Fathers, once again, that I stand to proclaim your word. I pray, dear Lord, that I decrease and that you increase mightily. That these, your people, would see and hear less of me and more of thee. Take the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart and make them to be acceptable in thy sight. O Lord, our God, our strength and our redeemer. Father, I have studied, but I need your strength. I have prepared, but I need your power. I'm willing and I want to, but I need you to make me able. Silent now, I'll wait for thee. Ready, my Lord, thy will to see. Open mine eyes and lift me, spirit divine. Lord, prepare us to receive your word. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Maintain a momentum. I wondered, wondered how, how to introduce this. I'm going to do it this way. I share this with my, my, with my wife. Um, one day in a time far away, <laughs> one day at a time uh, far away long ago, there was, there was a special event taking place. Something special was going on. Bees were taking their first flight. Oh, it was a special day. It was a special day. Ants were on holiday this day, so they, they didn't have to the work. They were able to take off so they could show up to watch the bees fly. Beetles crawled in from all over the area just to see it. This 
This is one of those days when spiders took a break from spinning their web. Snails started the journey early just so they would be there all the time because they didn't want to miss any of the excitement. It was it was like it was almost like the Lion King. Y'all know the Lion King uh, when all of the animals they came, all the animals from the animal kingdom they showed up, and Rafiki held. Simba on the edge of that cliff. Y'all remember that from Lion King? It was that kind of a, a moment. Uh, everybody was there. It was exciting, exciting, and all the bugs came to watch the bees take their first flight. The wasp was the first one. A lot of people believe the wasp would be first because he just looked like a flyer. <laughs> because he, he looked like a flyer. They, they cheered for him. You can do it, they said. So the wasp, he he stepped up and spread his wings. And off he went. Next came the yellow jacket. The baby ant said to his mother, Mama, I like that one. It, it looks fast. Yellow jacket stepped up and spread his wings. And off he went. Then, then came the honeybee. And somebody said, oh, look at how beautiful that one is. And they cheered for the honeybee. It, it stepped up, had a little courage, spread its wings, and off the honeybee went. Then, uh, then came the bumblebee. Everybody got quiet. Finally, somebody hollered in the crowd. Get out the way! You're messing up the show. Mama Spider said to her children, see children, every, every year when these crazy bugs think they can fly. Someone else said, do you even have wings? Your body is too big. Too, get out the way. You, you must go with the Beatles or something. And the Beatles said, no, nah, he ain't one of ours. I don't know who it is, but it ain't one of ours. And everybody told him, get out the way. You're messing up the show. You know you can't fly. He ignored them and he flapped his wings a little bit just like he saw everybody else do and got him off the ground just a little bit and then he fell back down and everybody laughed at him. <laughs> we told you you were bugged. You can't fly. Move. The bumblebee began telling himself a story. He realized his own story mattered. He said, well, if I flapped that much and, and I got off, if I just Flap a little faster. I, I might be able to create some momentum and that'll get me off the ground. And while they yelled at him, this bumblebee talked to himself and said to himself, I just, I just need some momentum. And he started flapping faster and they laughed at him, but he kept getting higher and higher and off he went. My brothers and my sisters, to all the bumblebees in Uplift this morning, who knows what it feels like to see more for you than others see. To all the bumblebees here this morning, who knows the sting of doubt that comes when people limit your potential. To all the bumblebees, who knows what it feels like to be laughed at for your efforts. I want you to know God has a word for you this morning. In life, you will find that there will always be people and there will always be times where you have to deal with distractions that are meant to stop your momentum. So the question is, how do you maintain momentum when surrounded by 
so many distractions. Our text this morning has some lessons that will help us maintain momentum even when we are surrounded by distractions. And so uh, let me help you understand this. Here's what we're going to do. Um, I'm going to I'm going to give you the historical story. Here's why. Over half of the Bible is made up of historical stories and the authors write them to show us how God acts in human history. Here we are in the book of Nehemiah, and in order to understand it, we've got to understand the time within which it was written. So I'm going to tell you the historical story of Nehemiah, then give you three life lessons from that story that will help you maintain momentum when surrounded by distractions, then give us some questions for reflection. Y'all got it? Story? Three life lessons and a couple of questions for reflections. Here it is. Israel had been conquered by Babylon. I want y'all to follow this story because it's going to make the text come alive for you. Israel had, had been conquered by Babylon. The book of Kings describes the fall of Jerusalem to, to Nebuchadnezzar in 587 before a common era. Jerusalem was destroyed and many of the Jews were killed and, and most of the others were taken as captives into Babylon. So their ancestral home has been destroyed. The temple had been burned and destroyed. The walls that surrounded their city had been torn down and destroyed. And about 50 years passed. And you got a whole new generation growing up and all they know is Babylonian captivity. Well, Nebuchadnezzar died and Babylon went down quickly. They had one king after another king. Then, then this guy, this guy named Nebun Adas. Nebun Adas became the king, and the people didn't really like him. He didn't really liked the people, and so he he spent a lot of his weekends off golfing in Florida. I mean, he 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 spent a lot of his time hanging with his friends in the desert area, and he left the guy in charge named Belteshazzar. Belteshazzar is in charge, and you read about him in the book of Daniel. Well. Because of bad leadership and, and neglect, Babylon was ripe for overtaking. And that's exactly what happened. We know that's exactly what happened because it's written on what's called the Cyrus Cylinder. The Cyrus Cylinder. I'll tell you, I'll tell you all story. This, this is, this, I want y'all to know the Bible is true. It comes to life. This cylinder actually describes the story of what happened. Watch this. In 539, Cyrus ordered one of his military officials to attack Babylon. They won quickly. Here's what it says. Uh, they talked about how the Babylonian army uh, diverted the Euphrates River and they had it diverted to an artificial lake and the river began to dry up while they're doing this, there is a major party going on in Babylon. Everybody turning up music is loud. They're all having a good time. While Cyrus's army has diverted the river and the water is getting low. And so they don't have to go in via the gate where there is military. They came down the 
back down the river that had gone low and all of a sudden they took over the city quickly while everybody had turned up and the music was loud. And so Babylonians were surprised. Daniel describes how Belshazzar fell from power suddenly one night while he was at a banquet. Now Cyrus, Cyrus was a different kind of leader. He gave funds to rebuild the temple. The Bible talks about the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the righteous. He, he gave them money to, to rebuild. That's what he did. He would conquer a land and then he would help them restore so they wouldn't rebel against him. Well, as Cyrus comes in as the new leader, as the new king, Nehemiah was blessed to serve as the cupbearer to Cyrus. In other words, he got access to the king every day. Nehemiah gets word that Judah is still in ruins and that the wall is still laying in rubble. And one night he goes out to see just how bad it was. And he prayed that God would give him favor so that he could restore the wall. God gave him favor and Cyrus gave him money. And Cyrus made him governor of Judah, the little rubble, torn down area. And here is where the problem comes in. In Ezra, Ezra Nehemiah is really one book, uh, we read of neighboring politicians who were enemies of the Jews. Judah was surrounded by other provinces and one of the provinces to the north of Judah was Samaria. And this guy named Sanballat was the governor of Samaria. Follow the context. When Babylon destroyed the city and exiled the people, they left Samaria over Judah. And so Sanballat was in charge of his area and the rundown area of Judah. And, and so he was really running things. Nehemiah chapter number four says, when Sanballat heard that they were rebuilding the wall, he got angry and he started making fun of the Jews. Here's the first thing that Texas tends to teach us. Whenever you have to strive to maintain momentum, you will have to deal with distractions and distracting words that are meant to derail you. You've got to learn how to deal with discouraging words that are meant to derail you. Nehemiah chapter number four, verses one through six, we see the text teaches us that Sambalit started making fun of the Jews. He said things like this. What are these feeble Jews doing? Will they restore it for themselves? Will, will they sacrifice when they finish it up in a day? Sanballat knew that a restored Jerusalem would lessen his influence in the area. So he was greatly angered and tried to discourage Nehemiah's project even though he knew that he had approval to do it. Anger 
will often be the world's response to God's work because it challenges worldviews and values. Much of the opposition to the project that he first got was psychological warfare. He used rhetorical questions designed to drive home his opposition. The first one took advantage of a truth. Watch this. About which the Jews were very sensitive. He says, those feeble Jews they knew that they were not strong or numerous. They, they looked weak and they knew they looked weak. And the job that they were doing was more than they could handle. Then Samuel asked, will they restore their wall? He wanted to instill doubts about the wisdom of the project because the project was too big for them. Sam Ballard used his discouraging words to try to derail the project. Listen, my brothers and my sisters, whenever you set out to do something for God, the devil will try to derail you. And he will often use words of people close to you to stop your momentum. And the challenge that many of us have is that we often put more value on what people say about us than what God says about us. Ooh, passing up is good. Let me back up and say that one more time. Many of us, we put more value on what other people have to say about us than we do on what God and God's word says about us. And the text says exactly how Nehemiah responded. Nehemiah heard all of the negative insults coming from Sanballat. And the Bible does not say that Nehemiah jumped out off the wall and went upside Sanballat's head. That is not. The Bible does not say that Nehemiah got louder and cussed out him better than it does not say that at all. It does not say that Nehemiah called his cousin and him to let Samuel know he ain't always been the church. That is not what the Bible says. And that is what your story says. That's not what the Bible says. Watch this. Watch this. Bible says that Nehemiah prayed. That's it. He he talked to God about it. And what's troubling is. Sometimes in the Bible, you can see somebody pray, and then they record God's response. Nehemiah prayed and heard nothing. Have you ever had an experience where you prayed that God will help you get through something and you don't hear nothing? You, you don't pray and God don't have the lights flicker, nothing. God don't have somebody call you and say, the Lord told me nothing. Nehemiah prayed, and you don't see God answer the prayer with words. This gets good. You only know that God answered Nehemiah's prayer, watch this, because the discouragement did not derail him. Oh, so y'all, y'all, y'all missed the reason to shout. Let me, let me help you again. After all that was said, Nehemiah prayed, and what was said should have derailed him, but it didn't. Y'all still looking at me like, huh? Okay, um, you're missing your shout cue. Because after all the things said about you yeah. and what you couldn't do and, and what you couldn't be or, or where you couldn't go and what you couldn't have. Okay, y'all still not getting it. I'll just preach to me. After all they said about me and how they told me I would fail, they told me I wasn't good enough, they told me I wouldn't make it. In spite of all that they said, God made a way 
made for me. And for that reason, I shall all by myself because their discouraging words about me did not derail me and it did not stop God's purpose and plans for my life. Thank you that the discouragement did not derail me. Is there anybody in Uplift this morning that's thankful that God kept you in spite of the discouraging word that God kept you in spite of the negativity, in spite of what they said. If you're going to maintain your momentum, then you need prayer to keep you going in spite of the discouraging words that derail. Not only that, second thing this text is tended to teach us is that if you're going to maintain momentum, you're going to have to deal with discouraging actions that disrupt. you got to deal with discouraging actions that disrupt. Let me read this for us real quick. Nehemiah chapter number 4, verses 7 through 9 says this. But when Sanballat and Tobiah and the Arabs, watch this, Sanballat got more folk on his team now. When Sanballat, Tobiah and the Arabs and the Ammonites and the Ashtodites heard that the repairing of the wall of Jerusalem was going forward and that the breaches were beginning to be closed, they were not just angry, but, but very angry. And they all plotted together to come and fight against Jerusalem and to cause confusion in it. And we prayed to our God and set guard as a protection against them day and night. Here it is. When Sanballat and his friends realized that their discouraging words did not derail Nehemiah, their anger increased and their plans escalated. Sanballat got others to join him in trying to disrupt progress. Jerusalem was now surrounded by enemies. The Samaritans on the north, the Ammonites to the east, the Arabians to the south, and the men of Ashdod to the west. Here's the concern. When the people heard that the surrounding provinces had gathered against them, they started to worry that the people that were against them would convince the king of Persia to change his mind. Ezra chapter number four tells the story of how one king, Artaxerxes, told a group that they could rebuild the city. And then he heard that they are trying to rebel against him. And so he sent word again, a new decree saying, stop everything immediately. In other words, all your efforts have been a waste of your time. Stop everything immediately. And because the people knew that story, the people were concerned that this is exactly what's going to happen to them. Listen, my brothers and my sisters, this is where many of us lose heart. We think that if we're doing the will of God, then the process ought to be easy. And when discouragement and attacks comes, we, we might pray. But if it shows up again, we start questioning our plans. Many of us lose momentum when the attacks keep coming, thinking that if the attacks keep coming, then maybe it's not God's will. Listen to this. Dogs don't chase parked cars. The devil 
He is not interested in attacking your plans if you don't have any plans. The devil is not interested in discouraging you if you aren't trying to do anything great. I love how Jamal Bryant put it. Jamal Bryant said it this way. If you ain't got no haters, you ain't popping. And maybe some of us aren't worried about fighting the devil or haters because you ain't doing nothing. But for the rest of us who understand what it means to have attack after attack come in your life, if the devil is attacking you, it's probably because you're doing something for God. But watch this. If you aren't facing any kind of attack from the devil, it might be because you ain't doing nothing or because you're on his team. The people knew that some time ago a group tried this and the king changed his mind. And Watch what happened. The people started complaining. Verse 10 they start saying, we're getting tired, uh, Nehemiah. I, I mean, you know, this is a big project. It ain't that many of us, and so we need more people. We can't do all this by ourselves. I mean, we can't say we at least we at least try uh, something. We don't have enough to really get it done. We can just celebrate at least what we tried. What's that? That's what the people who are working said. And then Jews who lived in the area start coming by saying, y'all need to come on back home. Now listen, this don't make no sense. Y'all been out there for a while. Y'all done tried. Y'all know this is too big when you start. Don't worry about it. Ain't nobody managing. Y'all come on home. Y'all can't do all this by yourself. That's frustrating to me. It's one thing for the enemy to try to discourage you, but it's something different when the folks close to you try to stop your momentum. When the folk in your family try to hinder your progress. What bothers me about Jews who showed up talking about y'all can come on back home now? What bothered me was they said it ain't enough for y'all. The project's too big. They could have did something. You can pick up a stone, move some sticks, do. So don't come telling me we ain't got enough help, but you ain't trying to help. And that's exactly what they did. They came and even they were discouraging. I love how Nehemiah dealt with it uh, to maintain momentum. Nehemiah chapter number four, verse 14 says, he prayed, he set up guards, then he encouraged the people by reminding them of who their God is. Ooh, I love it. He, he prayed, he set up guards, and then he reminded the people of who their God is. My brothers and my sisters, we ought to make sure we are always going to God in prayer. You've got to guard yourself against negative people and negative things. The truth of the matter is, sometimes your cousin and them, you just don't answer the phone because you know they ain't saying nothing good. I think it was Plies who got on Instagram and he said, listen, don't call my number if you ain't got something positive to say. you got to have that kind of attitude. Listen, if you're not trying to be encouragement to me, don't waste your time nor my time because you got to set up some guards and tell some folks, listen, I can't come hang out with you because every time I hang with you, I leave tired because you're such a negative drag. you got to set up some kind of guards. Yeah. Then Nehemiah says he reminded the people who their God is. My brothers and my sisters, whenever you're experiencing attack after attack, because you're trying to do something great for God. Here's something that helps you maintain your momentum. You've got to remind yourself of who your God is. Pastor Paul, what do you mean? God stood up in the middle of nowhere, yeah. leaned on nothing, and spoke to 
nobody and spoke everything into existence. God didn't have much, but he made everything that the God climbed up on nothing and put every star in its position. It was God that took no paintbrush, but yet still gave the sun its color. It was, it was God who gave birds and bees their flight. And if our God can do that, then you ought to have in your mind that says if God can create everything out of nothing, surely God can get me through this. Well, maybe that won't work for you, no problem. That's just no Bible. Go back down your own story and remind yourself, I have been here before. I've struggled before. and have difficulty before. But God showed up in the midst of my mess and made a way out of no way. And if he did it before, I know he can do it again. God, did I bring me out this morning? Leave me. God will get you. got to remind yourself of who your God is. Whenever the haters and the enemy try to convince you, you ought to, you ought to give up. If you're going to maintain your momentum, you're going to have to deal with discouraging words. Nehemiah shows us that in order to maintain momentum,